Yeah, can I just say thank you, first of all, for your welcome. It's always lovely to be with you and to see friendly, familiar faces. Um, it's a joy to be with you today. Play that particular track at the outset because it seems to me to sum up some of the things that I believe God wants us to look at this morning as we look at Psalm 31. I wonder, I mean, have you ever felt like that? Have you ever been there? Ever felt that uh, so low that you wonder what on earth is happening? Where will it all end? No one understands me. Where is God in all of this? Yeah, of course you have. We all have. Christians are not exempt or immune from all the stuff that life throws at us. Fact. But the one thing that I know with a certainty is that when we trust in the Lord, he is with us through the storm. And if we're left to our own devices, well, if I'm left to my own devices, I mess up. I know that. But I know that he is with me. And David knew this in Psalm 31. If you've got your Bibles with you, if we could just look at Psalm 31, that would be good. Verse 1. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me in your righteousness. Turn your ear to me. Come quickly to my rescue. Be my rock of refuge, a strong fortress to save me. Since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. Free me from the trap that is set for me, for you are my refuge. Notice that how many times he says, you are my refuge. Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. I hate those who cling to worthless idols. I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in your love. For you saw my affliction. You knew the anguish of my soul. You have not handed me over to the enemy, but have set my feet in a spacious place. This section, David turns to God for refuge. Interesting there that the words that Jesus used on the cross, that we've just been remembering, haven't we, his death and sacrifice, the words he used on the cross were from this psalm, verse 5, into your hands I commit my spirit. And we know that Stephen, a little bit later, used similar words when he became the first martyr for the Christian faith. Let's go on, verse 9. Be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and my body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. My strength fails because of my affliction and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I am the utter contempt of my neighbors. I am a dread to my friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten by them as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. For I hear the slander of many. There is terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. Oh boy, isn't he? He's low, isn't he? He really is low. Lots of problems there. And um, 
yeah, he turns here to his present troubles and his pain. But now he, he moves on. So often the Psalms do this. And he suddenly finds again his perspective in God. Let's read on. But I trust in you, O Lord. Thank God for the buts of the Bible. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hands. Deliver me from my enemies and from those who pursue me. Let your face shine on your servants. Save me in your unfailing love. Let me not be put to shame, O Lord, for I have cried out to you. But let the wicked be put to shame and, be, and lie silent in the grave. Let their lying lips be silenced, for with pride and contempt they speak arrogantly against the righteous. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you bestow in the sight of men on those who take refuge in you. In the shelter of your presence you hide them from the intrigues of men. In your dwelling you keep them safe from accusing tongues. And then the verse that was read at the beginning. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed his wonderful love to me when I was in a besieged city. In my alarm I said, I am cut off from your sight. Yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Love the Lord, all his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. He gets his godly perspective back. He turns back to God. So much so that at the end there, you know, it rings through the ages, doesn't it, to us here in 2017. Be strong and take heart, all of you who hope in the Lord. If you go away with anything this morning, I'd like you to go away with that verse, really. But after David was anointed as king, and this was a psalm of David's, after David was anointed as king, he faced many trials. Remember, he, he had to run. He became a fugitive. He had to run from King Saul. And uh, he had many, many trials that he had to go through. And you ask yourself, well, David was anointed to be king of God's chosen people. Why did he have to go through all that? Couldn't God have found a better way? And sometimes that's how we are in our lives. Lord, why are you doing this to me? If I had my way and my plan would be different. But you have your plan. And... I don't know why David had to go that, through that, but it's so true of our storms that the question that we so often ask is why? Why does bad stuff happen to me? Why, why, why? And there are three types of storms, I think, that we encounter that I want us just to consider today. First of all, storms that we cause. These are often hard to bear because we know we've caused them. Have you ever been in that situation where you know you've done something, you've said something or whatever, and somehow you cannot get back from that position? And the more you try, the worse it gets. And the more of a mess it becomes. I know I've caused problems in the past and... The only way that I've been able to deal with that is to stop and, and say, Lord, I'm sorry, and then go up to the people who I've caused problems for and say, I'm sorry. 
shouldn't have done that, shouldn't have said that. But we cause problems because we are still sinners saved by grace. And we do fall, don't we? Sometimes storms that we cause. There's also storms that others cause. It's often hard to handle, again, because we have little or no control over it. If somebody says something or falls out with us or, or treats us in a way that we, we struggle with, it's difficult sometimes because we can't, we can't handle that. We can't control it. We sometimes have to ride the storm and wait for it to go. But the hardest storms are often the ones that God allows because we don't, just don't understand them. We just don't see God's purpose in it. Why? 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 You see, every storm is different. And that is part of the problem. We always think that our storm is the worst. Nobody understands us. And when we're in the middle of our storm, it can be a very dark place. And we ask ourselves, where is God in all of this? I've been with people in some very dark moments in, in their lives, and I'm sure that's true of people here at Regent. I'm sure some of you in leadership will have spent time with people who are hurting deeply and are suffering. I'm sure that uh, some of you have gone through situations that have been extremely painful. You know, the pain of loss, the pain of confusion, the pain of fear, the pain of anxiety. I've had some of those dark moments myself. I may have shared this before with you, but my darkest moment really was when my three-year-old son died. Long time ago now. And I held him up in my arms, his lifeless body, and I called on the Lord, believing with all my heart that God has the power to raise the dead. Because he tells me that in Scripture. I know that. And I cried out to him with tears. But he didn't. And I asked the question, why? Why, why, why? For a while I struggled. That Sunday, Dawn and I struggled as to go to church. He died on the Friday. And the Sunday, I just did not know if I could face being there. But God, by his grace, enabled us to go. And through tears and much anguish on the back row, we came to a point of praising God because he's still God, like David did here. I've had other things in my life. Last year, I was on my way to a men's conference when I got an anguished phone call saying, uh, the doctor's been on. Says you've got cancer in one of your kidneys. That word, oh, you know, when you first hear it, fear comes, anxiety all of that sort of thing. So we all, we all suffer from these problems. And, you know, I'm sure that, that you have problems just as big as the ones that I've described there. But then I look at Scripture and I look at Job. <laughs> he lost all his family. He lost his children, his health, his possessions. 
His friends tried to guide him. They tried to say the right things to him. They tried to bring him some sort of comfort. And even his wife advised him to curse God and die. But although he cursed the day of his birth, he didn't curse God. He didn't understand what was happening. He didn't like what was happening. But he trusted in God. He trusted in God. So, how do we deal with the storms? Can I just read another psalm to you? This psalm was referred to in the song that we heard right at the outset there. Psalm 121, a very familiar song. And this is where we turn. I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I know I could not have gone through the things in my life that I've gone through, and I believe this is true of you if you are a a Christian, without the Lord's help. There is no way And I'm not talking about him being a crutch, somebody I I just need to lean on from time to time. I'm talking about him being my Lord, my Saviour, my God, my reason for life. You know, the one who has given me purpose in my life. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. Isn't that wonderful? Watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and evermore. Wonderful words, aren't they? Wonderful words. I will never leave you nor forsake you, says the Lord. You know, one of the dangers in storms is that we start to drift. And we lose sight of everything except the problem. And that includes God. Sometimes we take our eyes off him. And we become so absorbed with the problem... And that's no good, is it? We need to firmly fix our eyes where our help comes from, the Lord. You're not alone, secondly. You know, David, through his his difficult times in his life, we all know he was close to Jonathan. Yeah? And he needed a close friend. Somebody who was there with him. Loyal friends around him. You know, the, 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 the early years that he spent with Jonathan are very well documented. And even Job put up with his friends and was probably happy to sit with them. We, we often say, oh, Job's comforters. And we say it in that sort of tone. I, I think he was probably quite happy for them to be there. And I'm amazed because if you read scripture, they spent seven days and they didn't say a word to Job. If I go on a pastoral visit or something, if I last seven minutes or even seconds, it's, it's a miracle, you know. But they sat with Job. 
seven days. And then I'm, I'm not surprised that all this came out because it, it was all building up the pressure. And they wanted to help their friend. But sometimes, you know, one of the problems is that even as Christians, we isolate ourselves in storms. I can think of, of somebody right now who is isolating himself from his Christian family because he's going through difficult times. Listen, my friends. When you're going through the storm, this is where you need to be. Because if you're on your own, then you're vulnerable as a Christian. The devil will have a go at you, even more so. If you come here, then you're with God's people. You're worshipping with them. They are holding your hands up in praise so that you can go on. They are there to pray for you. You are loved. You need to be with God's people. Don't isolate yourself when you hit the storms. Don't do that. You're not alone. And that leads us on to don't throw away the precious things. Because that's what so often happens. You know, faith is one of the first things that gets fragile in a storm. True, you know, the number of people who say to me, if I say, oh, I missed you, I said, oh, I didn't feel like coming. I've got problems. <sighs> Can't understand that. That's not on my radar. How a Christian on Saturday can be fine and then suddenly Sunday-itis seems to strike. You know what I mean? And they just don't feel up to it. And then Monday morning, they go back to work. What's that all about? Yeah. What's that all about? I'll tell you what it's about. It's the enemy getting in. That's what it's about. And we have to say, get behind me. I'm going. I'm going to be with God's people. I'm going to praise my God. That's where I'm going to be. Don't throw away the precious things. You know... I've been with some people from our church who've gone through incredible storms. Recently, we've had um, quite a few deaths and, and we have widows uh, and widowers. And I can think of those who have come through amazingly because they were rooted in Christ Jesus. Their roots went deep. I can think of others over the years who no longer are walking with the Lord because they've not cared for the precious things. They've thrown them away. Don't give up. Don't give up. And leads us on to don't despair. David could easily have sunk into despair. And in fact, he did from time to time. It was already bad, if you, if you look in Psalm 31 at uh, verse 9 to 13, we won't read it again, we've read it already, but he was pretty low there, wasn't he? And uh, it was bad. You know, the devil hits us when we're down. That's when he strikes, every time. He hits us hard. But remember this. 
You know, God is always with us. I, I was reminded of the story of when Jesus, remember Jesus walking on the water? In fact, can I just briefly, I know time's nearly gone, and we're, but we're nearly at the end. If uh, concerned to just Matthew chapter 14. And remember what's been happening in, in the first part of chapter 14, in fact, the middle part of chapter 14. The disciples have been with Jesus at the incredible feeding of the 5,000. I wish I'd been there. Love to have seen that. You know, where Jesus miraculously fed this massive crowd and they were there with him. And then verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Do you think that Jesus knew that there would be a storm when he made the disciples get into the boat? I think he did. Did he make them get into the boat because... Well, he just wanted to teach them a lesson? I don't know. But he certainly knew there was a storm coming. And then we have the wonderful story of Jesus coming out to them, walking on the lake. You know, one thing that we need to remember, a bit like Peter in that. Peter got out, out of the boat, walked to Jesus, but as soon as he took his eyes off the Lord, he started to sink. Remember this, whatever is over our head is under his feet. If you think that your storm, your troubles are too much, remember that he is in ultimate control. I don't know why he allows some things, there are things in my life I wish were different with all my heart. If I'd have drawn the blueprint, I'm, I would have drawn it very differently. But I believe in a God who loves me and who has saved me and who has given my life purpose and who has prepared me for a place in his eternity. And I trust that he knows better than I do. And that's where it's at. That is exactly where it's at. Whatever is over our head is under his feet. I was so glad you put Psalm 23 up there. I mean, the Lord just weaves things together, doesn't he? Marvelously. But you know, Psalm 23 verse 4, When I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Yeah? When I walk through the darkest valley, all valleys have an end, right? Very, well, it, I suppose you can have valleys with a dead end, but even, even the valley of death for the Christian has an end. We come out into light. And the valleys that, that come through, through difficulties and, and problems in life, they have an end. And the amazing thing is that God says and promises to us, I will be with you. I will be close beside you. Don't wallow in the dark valley. As a Christian, don't pitch your tent, 
feeling sorry for yourself, thinking God has deserted you. Pack up your tent, stuff it in the bag and get walking. And I'll say this to you, God's word tells me he'll walk with you. He'll be with you. Don't pitch camp in the dark valley. Yeah, that uh, couldn't help. I'm, I'm of a certain generation, forgive me. But um, I took my son to, uh, to Liverpool a few weeks ago. And we went on the Mersey Ferry. You'll never guess what song they played on the Mersey Ferry. In fact, the ferrymen must be absolutely fed up with it. You know, ferry across the Mersey. Uh, Jerry and the Pacemakers. But Jerry and the Pacemakers' other famous song, of course, was, became known as the Liverpool an- Anthem. Okay? And, uh, you know, you'll never walk alone. Yeah, when you walk through a storm, hold your head up high and don't be afraid of the storm. And we can apply that spiritually, can't we? Keep walking. Keep walking. Look up. Hold your head up high. Look to the Lord for his strength. With God's help, you can overcome the storm and and not let the storm overcome you. Yeah? And that is so important. Finally, almost. Remember this, though. That the greatest storm that has ever been faced in the history of mankind, you and I will never have to face because someone else faced it for us. Jesus went through it at Calvary. The perfect, sinless Son of God who was betrayed by a friend, who was inwardly distressed, who was humiliated, tortured, sacrificed himself in the most terrible way and suffered separation from God for the one and only time and took the punishment of your sin and my sin so that he could bring you the greatest peace. You know, that is the amazing thing. I am so pleased that my faith is not a theoretical thing. That it's not just head knowledge. It's day by day walking with God. Through the sunshine, and I like that, but also through the storms. And he's there with us. Can I just finish with something that really challenged me? What sort of Christian are you? I know there's only one type of Christian, one who's saved by the blood of Christ, but how we live our Christian lives is important. A man once visited an orange grove where an irrigation pump had broken down. The season was unusually dry and some of the trees were beginning to die through lack of water. The man giving the tour then took his friend to his own orchard where irrigation was used sparingly. These trees could go without rain for another two weeks, he said. You see, when they were young, I frequently kept water from them. This hardship caused them to send their roots deeper into the soil in search of moisture. Now mine are the deepest rooted trees in the area. While others are being scorched by the sun, these are finding moisture at a greater depth. 
I don't know why God takes me into a storm. I do know that I learn more about him through those circumstances, through those situations. And I do know that he has molded my life through them. And he can do that. So that when more storms come, as they will, then my, my hope and trust is that my roots will be deep. So that when the storm comes, I withstand. I might lose a few leaves and a few branches, but I'll still be there. I'll still be there. And that's my prayer for each and every one of us. Can I just finish with Psalm 31, the final verse? Or the final two verses. Love the Lord, all his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full. Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Father, we thank you that your word is, is so relevant to our lives. Lord, you speak into our very being. And Lord, we thank you that you've shown us that, Lord, what is over our head is actually under your feet that you are our God. And if we call you Lord, then you're Lord of all situations and circumstances. And for those of us who right now are going through storms, difficulties, maybe health issues, maybe issues of loss, maybe fear and anxiety for the future, maybe financial problems and issues, Whatever it might be, Lord, we thank you that you have promised that you will walk beside us. And just as David discovered, even though he walked through the most difficult circumstances, you were with him. You were his God, his Lord. And Lord, this morning we want to declare that you are our God. In you will we trust. Thank you that you are our refuge, our strength, our stronghold in times of trouble. And Lord, we will stand firm in you. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you sent our Saviour to die for us, to bring us salvation. And so, Lord, as we prepare for a new week, Lord, may we, may we keep walking the walk of faith. May we spend time with you. May we look for opportunities to serve you and speak out for you. And Lord, at those points where we need you, we, Lord, claim the promises of your word that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And so, Lord, we give you glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
Thank you, Peter. That concludes our service, but please don't rush off. We've got our lunch through in the other room in the hall, so once uh, Sunday school's finished and we've got the table all reset and everything, we'll give you a shout and we can all go through and, and, uh, and eat. But please do take the chance to speak to Sarah, wish her well, tell her you're praying for her, and find out where she's going. Thanks very much. <laughs>